Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco, and this is episode 116 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Today, I recap the 2019 TCK Pod Listener League draft. I drew the eighth pick. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Today I'm breaking down the TCK Pod Listener League for 2019. We had a great job with the draft. Appreciate everybody participating. We had an awesome full house. Everybody was uh, attending in the entire draft, which was nice and refreshing. Uh, we did have a couple people that uh, kind of bailed toward the end because it was getting late on the East Coast and the Midwest, but for the most part, everybody participated for all rounds of the draft. Had a lot of fun. I'm just going to go down round by round like I do and uh, give you my picks um, in particular and kind of roll through the rest of them to give you an idea of where the league was at and uh, point out some uh, picks that I was impressed by and maybe some values and then maybe uh, somewhere that were some reaches, um, including my own. So let's get right into it here. Round one, former podcast host, uh, co-host Daniel um, and Curly, actually, both of them had the first two picks. So this was uh, picked uh, at random by ESPN an hour before the draft. And Daniel was the first pick, and he went with Saquon Barkley. Curly was the second pick. He went with Zeke Elliott. After that, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Lucas, uh, who was on the previous episode, picked Alvin Kamara at four. And then it was DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, David Johnson. I had the eighth pick in this draft. At random, and I had mentioned on the uh, pick breakdown, uh, pick position breakdown that I did a few episodes ago, that I would prefer to have one of those first four or last four. And um, I was in the eighth round, so I was in the the middle rounds, which I don't really prefer, and the end of the <laughs> end of the middle rounds too. So just kind of like literally, just kind of my least favorite place. But yo, you got to do what you got to do. So I'm in the eighth position. Comes up, I've got Devontae Adams, um, Tyreek Hill, you know, Lev, Odell, um, you know, Julio Jones, James Conner, whatever, Todd Gurley. I went with Devontae Adams here. Um, he's my favorite receiver, number one receiver. I thought about going Julio Jones here, but I also thought just the way that the draft was going, that there might be a chance that um, either Odell or Julio somehow dropped to me on the next round, kind of a, you know, Kind of a long shot, but that was kind of my thought process there. Uh, so I ended up going with Devontae Adams. Um, I want to take my top option and then just kind of like play the cards later on. So I went uh, Tay Adams there. And then defending champion from last year, Drew Misick, uh, went with Todd Gurley, nine overall. Now this is, this is a reach of my opinion um, just with Todd Gurley's situation, but this is a great pick. If Todd Gurley's Todd Gurley, obviously, I mean, falling down to the ninth round, really any value on Todd Gurley right now is is uh, based on his health overall, obviously. And then um, Pelkey went with uh, Tyreek Hill, and then we had Odell Beckham to the uh, the house Browns fan, legit Browns fan. So, uh, you know, shout out to Max. Then Le'Veon Bell went at the uh, last pick of the first round, and then Julio Jones back-to-back to uh, the commish, 
I thought that was a great two picks back to back there. Le'Veon Bell and Julio Jones. And then James Conner, Patrick Mahomes goes as a third pick in the second round there. So Pelkey went with uh, Tyree Kill and Patrick Mahomes right off the bat to make sure to have that Chiefs stack. And then Juju Schuster went right before me. So I was actually going to go with Juju if he fell to me right there and have Devontae Adams and Juju Schuster, but he was picked right before me. So I went with Dalvin Cook. Um, I thought about Nick Chubb as well. I also thought about Travis Kelsey here, but um, I went with Dalvin Cook. I haven't been able to get Dalvin Cook in any drafts yet. I've been repping him a lot on the podcast, so I want to stay true to what I have been um, promoting and stick by you know, what I've been telling everybody. So I went with Dalvin Cook here. I feel good about that. And again, he's strictly based on health. So hopefully everything is good there. Um, but Dalvin Cook felt good in the kind of the middle of the second round there. Huge upside, obviously. And uh, I think they're going to run the ball quite a bit in Minnesota. So I took the chance with Dalvin Cook. Nick Chubb, Kelsey, Mixon, Evans, A.B., Keenan Allen, and George Kittle went after me there in the second round. In the third round, Carryon Johnson, David Montgomery, Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, Edelman, Amari Cooper, and then Chris Carson went. I wanted Chris Carson here. Um, he was going to be my guy. I wanted. Uh, I was targeting David Montgomery, Aaron Jones, and Chris Carson in the third round. All three of those guys went before me. <clears throat> so I went with something with my uh, eighth pick in the third round. I went with something kind of unconventional for me this draft season. I have been mentioning how much I don't dislike Zach Ertz. I love Zach Ertz. He's an absolute animal. Set the record for tight end receptions last year. He's the prime target for Carson Wentz and the Eagles offense. I, I love Zach Ertz in general. I think the rise of Dallas Goddard and all of those other uh, weapons there in Philadelphia are potentially going to drop Zach Ertz down just a little bit. But in the back of the third round, I did go with Zach Ertz. I haven't drafted him one time all summer, but... This just felt like too much value, and when I was looking around the landscape, I, I no longer had a top tight, uh, top receiver, excuse me, or in my opinion, a top running back available at this point. So I went with the top tight end left, and that is Zach Ertz. Now Zach Ertz has top, you know, tight end one upside. He also could potentially be outside of the top three, four. Like I had a bold prediction the other day that Zach Ertz is going to finish outside the top four and Dallas Goddard will finish inside the top six. So a little bit of risk here with Zach Ertz, but you know, if he stays healthy and Wentz stays healthy, there's no reason he shouldn't be a top tight end again. So in the back of the third round, I felt good about that, even though I've been kind of touting against Zach Ertz over the summer because of the value. Um, that was in like the second round is what I was talking about beginning of the third back of the third round I felt pretty good about it so I did go Zach Ertz um, Devonta Freeman Derek Henry Adam Thielen Josh Jacobs end out the third round in the fourth round Robert Woods and Cooks go back to back there so two Rams um, back to back Sony Michelle and Stefan Diggs goes right before me another snipe this whole draft was full of snipes um, that's kind of the the tough part about doing the listener league is that <laughs> I uh I, you know, I rep these players all season and I kind of bash on some other players and um, it's, you know, it's good when I'm playing, you know, in other drafts, but I get in the listener league and there's a lot of guys in here who have been paying attention um, and not saying they only draft by my word by any means, but there's definitely a lot of similar uh, mindsets and takes here in this draft. So um, 
I got sniped quite a bit in this draft uh, right before me. Um, I felt confident that I was going to be able to get Stephon Diggs here. I loved that. I was also hoping for one of those Rams receivers. Didn't happen. So I reached a little bit for James White, who is my dog. And uh, actually, that's James White here on the podcast. And I went with him in the with the fifth pick in the fourth round. I feel good about that. I love James White. Um, but I think... I may have been able to, if I was able to get one of those Rams receivers or Stephon Diggs, I could have potentially scooped James White maybe in the fifth round. Um, maybe not, but I like him. This is full P- full PPR league, two flex, and um, seven-person bench. So definitely, you know, like to have those pass-catching receivers there. And um, James White, you know, I think it's just going to be as steady as they come. So like the James White pick here. Marlon Mack, Ingram, Galladay, Lockett, Howard. Godwin and Cup go off the board. So all three Rams receivers go off the board in the fourth round. Um, and honestly, I I like that a lot. I didn't go with Cup in the fourth round just because I thought it was a little bit early with who was still available. But if he was available in the fifth, I definitely would have scooped him. But Daniel got him uh, in the back of the fifth round on the turn. T.Y. Hilton, Mike Williams, Boyd, Ingram, Darius Geis, and then Melvin Gordon gets all the way up in the fifth round. So Melvin Gordon uh, is a great pick, obviously, if um, if he comes back in week 10 or if he's traded or something else. But right now, that is strictly a bench stash. So I thought that was that was early for Melvin Gordon just because of the risk there. Um, Hunter Henry goes next. So we've got the big three tight ends, uh, Kelsey Kittle and Ertz off the board. And now we've got the next three, Howard, Ingram, and um, Hunter Henry off the board in the fifth round. So all major tight ends are off the board already. This is, um, I think, quite a quite a reach here by me. Uh, but again, I just kind of was in a place where, you know, I just didn't feel confident about the other options right away where I was in the fifth round here. I'm looking at quarterbacks because, as you've heard on the podcast, I kind of have a rule. If, if Aaron Rodgers is around in the fifth round, I pick him. However, only Patrick Mahomes had come off the board. So... Uh, Watson, Rogers, Mayfield, all my big guys are still on the board. I could have grabbed them maybe a round later. So I just went ahead and took a stab at Josh Gordon. Now, this is a kind of an uncharacteristic pick for me. A, I love Josh Gordon, uh, huge upside, obviously, but not reliable, you know, clearly over the, uh, over the last couple of years. B, this, you know, I had Damian Williams, uh, still available, um, I could have gone uh, with like a Philip Lindsay or, you know, an Alshon Jeffrey or somebody here, but I am fading Damian uh, Williams quite a bit. And Josh Gordon just seemed like the biggest upside play here if it works out. And I could kind of pad my wide receivers, which I did later in the draft. So I went with Josh Gordon here. Now, what is also strange is I just went with James White. So I went back to back Patriots here, which I generally don't try to do too much, but I really think that you know, 90% of the scoring offense for the Patriots, um, at least through the air, is going to go through Josh Gordon and James White. So obviously Sonny Michelle on the ground, but James White and Josh Gordon through the air. So I feel good about that, and the Patriots um, obviously score quite a bit of points. So I'm going to take a risk here, and we'll see what happens. Josh Gordon might be a trade piece if I need to later on, or it might pan out and I can crush. Then Damian Williams did go off the board there. Alshon Jeffrey, Duke Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Austin Eckler, 
Tevin Coleman goes off in the sixth round, which influenced my next next pick. Uh, right before me was Jared Cook, and then Allen Robinson, and then I reached again, I think, <laughs> to get Mal- uh, Matt Breida in the sixth round. Um, now this might feel like a reach uh, to most people. Honestly, I don't think it's a reach. I think it's value, and again. I think Matt Breed is the best back overall in San Francisco. I've been preaching that on the podcast. So I wanted to, you know, put my put my draft pick where my mouth was and um, scoop up Matt Breida. And, uh, you know, Lucas called me out on the podcast, kind of giving me like a sky for real, like six round Matt Breida. And um, again, this is just, you know, calling my shot, but also um, Tevin Coleman went right before me. I really wanted Matt Breida in general. And a part of that San Francisco backfield now where it's a pretty clear, you know, one A, one B situation. Um, so I wanted to get Matt Breida and I just didn't think I would have a chance after that. So went with Matt Breida in the sixth or sixth round, fifth pick. Uh, AJ Green went after that. And then the quarterback started coming off. Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, then Kenyon Drake, Cohen, Miles Sanders, and Calvin Ridley go off. Then Baker Mayfield, so now all those top quarterbacks are are gone at this point. Uh, Vance McDonald, Latavius Murray, Devin Singletary, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and LaShawn McCoy in the sixth round. I wanted one of those three big quarterbacks, but they didn't make it back to me. So, um, you know, I could have gone one of those big guys and and skipped on Brita, obviously. Uh, But I just kind of hoped that one of those big guys in the quarterback, the next three quarterbacks would – uh, come off the board, but they will come down to me, fall to me off the board, and they just did not. Um, so, uh, unfortunately, I skipped out on them. Um, so I went with another kind of uncharacteristic pick for me, but I was pretty pleased to grab Sammy Watkins in the seventh round. He was, um, I thought, the best option there. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders went right after me, which I think is a great pick, but I just don't have – full faith in Emmanuel Sanders that he's going to stay healthy all season. I know he looks great in the preseason. I hope he stays healthy. I'm definitely rooting for him, but it's just not a pick that I have full confidence in. So I went with Sammy Watkins here. A lot of question marks as well, obviously uh, health, um, what his target share is going to be, durability, everything else. I understand that. However, again, huge upside. If anything were to happen to Tyreek Hill, I think, you know, Miko Hardman would step in big time, but I think Sammy Watkins would step into a prime role as well. So I want to take my shot here, and I've got a lot of upside players on this team. Uh, I've also got a lot of risky guys, so we'll see what happens. But Sammy Watkins in the seventh round, Emmanuel Sanders, Landry, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Westbrook, um, Sterling Shepard, Royce Freeman, and Lamar Jackson. So at this point, all of my top quarterbacks are gone in the eighth round. Um, a lot of times quarterbacks are going to fall a little bit more than this. That is not the case. I don't know if it's because I've been repping the idea here on the podcast to get an earlier round quarterback um, and then grab a later round quarterback or if people just have that draft strategy anyway. But nonetheless, all of my top guys are gone. So at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wait you know, another round or two at least uh, to grab a quarterback. So I went with Marvin Jones here, who's not a sexy pick, but he's steady. He's reliable. He was actually the top receiver before he got hurt last year in Detroit. I like Kenny Galladay a lot, but um, I just think Marvin Jones is equally valuable and um, severely underpriced in the eighth round for uh, receivers. And um, that was just kind of the part of the draft where I needed to get a steady option. 
Um, and outside of an injury, he's going to be very reliable, touchdown upside, should be just fine with Matt Stafford, who I don't think is going to blow the world up, but he is going to have a resurgence after playing with a, a fractured back last year, should have a much better season this time around. So that is um, Marvin Jones there, and then Larry Fitzgerald, Bears defense, Christian Kirk, uh, Dante Pettis, Curtis Samuel, James Washington, and Corey Davis round out the first eight rounds quick recap of the first eight and then i'll get into the back half of the draft um of my picks first round devonta adams uh at eighth overall then turned around to get dalvin cook then i went with zach Ertz in the third james white in the fourth josh gordon in the fifth matt Breida in the sixth sammy watkins in the seventh and marvin jones in the eighth Hey, listeners, let's take a break here. If you like what you're hearing and you want to find us outside of the podcast, please like and follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod, on Twitter at TCK underscore pod, on Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast, and you can drop us an email at tckpod at gmail.com. And of course, please leave us a rate and review on the podcast. We appreciate your feedback. And finally, please go visit our new website, tckpod.com. No www, just tckpod.com for my rankings, Lucas's articles, and more. Shout out to Lucas. Shout out to Paul for all the work behind the scenes, getting the website together. Um, It's been a lot of time and energy. We are building it. It's pretty grassroots at this point, but we will be building upon that website throughout the season. We'd love any feedback there. So before we get into the second half of the draft, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. Stay tuned. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to and how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. The back half of the draft for me was really filled with, again, upside guys. I've been preaching this all summer. If you go high upside early, Maybe try to go steady in the back half, which is kind of tough to do because you're shooting darts anyway. But I went kind of 
you know, durability early, had a couple reaches, but felt comfortable with those picks and then started going just high upside late. So this team is going to be interesting because I'm confident in my picks. I think I, I got value where I could, but I got sniped a bunch in this draft and more so than any other draft I've had all summer. So I kind of had to be on my toes this entire time. Um, my, my rankings were just getting all sorts of kind of discombobulated while I was going through this because guys were getting picked behind my rankings, in front of my rankings, right in front of me. I had guys on my queue that I was, you know, guaranteed in my head to, to get, and people would reach up to grab them right in front of me, so I had to kind of make an audible. But that's what I mentioned uh, on a previous podcast with the pick strategy and everything else with the draft. Like, you got to be ready for whatever's coming at you because the point is once you're on the clock, if you're online, you've only got that 60, 90, two minutes to make a pick. And uh, the reality is you've got to be ready to uh, to jump on that. So went with a couple of reaches here but with a little uh, deep dive, but a lot of players where if something breaks, you know, somebody breaks down in front of them or there's a, a position battle that's taken over. Um, there could be some serious upside here in the, in the back half of the draft for me. So picking it up in the ninth round, um, this is a this is a great round of draft picks in general. So uh, Will Fuller goes off, Kyler Murray, um, Rashad Penny, Carson Wentz, Marcus Valdez Scantling, Peyton Barber, and Geronimo Allison are picked before me in the ninth round. I wanted most of those players. Um, I've been saying all summer I want a piece of that Packers uh, offense. I got Tay Adams right away, so I wasn't super stressing it. But I do like to almost not a handcuff almost. I just think that. The Packers are going to have three receivers who could potentially be wide receiver twos. So why not get a second one potentially, especially if anything happens to uh, Devontae Adams. But Valdez Sandling and Geronimo Allison get picked right before me. So they're off, obviously. And here I just kind of go on a run of wide receivers. And Michael Gallup is the next one up that I think has A, the most upside, but B, maybe the most week one upside um, because I'm not convinced that Amari Cooper is healthy right now. And he is uh, Gallup has looked great in the preseason. Dak has looked really good in the preseason. I've been repping Dak all summer as well. So um, I went with uh, – I just thought he had the most – the best floor and the best upside left in the draft at the wide receiver position. So I went with Michael Gallup. Darrell Henderson went after that. Jordan Howard, Jamison Crowder, and Golden Tate. Coming back in the 10th round, my boy Mark Andrews goes off the board there. Um, which is, you know, maybe a reach to some folks. I think that's a nice value at the tenth round if he if he returns uh, that you know top eight tight end upside, which I think he's got. So that was a nice pick there by the commish. And then uh, John Brown, uh, Cortland Sutton, Austin Hooper, and then my pick in the tenth round. I thought about going Justin Jackson here, um, but I just thought he would fall a little bit farther. To be honest, we're in the tenth round. I thought he would fall another round or two, so I, I just passed on him, and that was not a good move because Lucas swooped him from underneath me. Um, so I made a decision, and it backfired a little bit. But I went with Dak Prescott here in the tenth round as my quarterback one. Um, not super sexy. I definitely would would have preferred a Lamar Jackson late um, or one of those top guys. But again, the way my draft went and the way my picks go, I'm in the middle rounds which is this is why I don't like the middle rounds because I kind of have to just either go with the flow of what's happening in the moment or skip on it and hope it comes back to me. And unfortunately in this draft, it just didn't come back to me most of the time. So I had to just kind of audible. So I just went with Michael Gallup. I decided to, to tag team that and go with Dak Prescott here in the 10th round, which I don't dislike. I've been repping Dak all, all uh, summer and I'm fine with him as my QB one. I just would have had uh 
other options if pref uh, if I had my preference, and then get Dak as my backup. But I have Dak as my number one quarterback, and then Cam Newton went after that. Um, I feel good there. I would rather have Dak Prescott over Cam Newton. Um, Delaney Walker and Joku, Justin Jackson, as I mentioned. Jameis Winston went after that. Anthony Miller and then Kalen Balaj. And then in the 11th round, Deion Lewis. This is where we're starting to get all those backup running backs. You're starting to get third string, fourth string receivers. Um, so now we're just kind of in the deep dive portion of the draft. In the 11th round, Deion Lewis, Justin, Justice, Justice Hill, Jalen Samuels, Kareem Hunt goes off the board to Lucas in the 11th round. DK Metcalf, that was a nice pick there. And then uh, Dante Moncrief and Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker, I think, is a, a, is a reach there. However, he's the only person in town, uh, at least still. Um, he might get traded anytime uh, this season. But in Miami, he's the only sheriff in town in the receiving core for the most part. Albert Wilson's there as well, but um, Jakeem Grant too. But I think uh, Devontae Parker is going to be the number one there with uh, Kenny Stills now in Houston. And then I went uh, with Kiki Cutie here in the 11th round. I know Kenny Stills just came over, but when Kiki QT was on the field at the end of the season, he actually out-targeted Nuke Hopkins. If Kiki can stay healthy and Will Fuller does not, um, I think Kiki could really have a breakout season this year. I'm getting him in the 11th round. This is where I'm just kind of putting faith in players, and if they don't work out in three or four weeks, I'll drop them for somebody that comes out of the woods. Uh, but if they do work out, I think this is good value here. So Kiki in the 11th for me, and then Roethlisberger, Olsen, Sanu, Ty Montgomery go off the board in the 11th round. In the 12th, Deshaun Jackson, who I was actually considering at the 11th pick, but I went with Kiki instead because Deshaun's got a, a broken finger. Um, he's questionable for this weekend. Uh, he may play, but I just think that that could potentially hamper him right away. So I didn't want to take a chance on him yet. But Deshaun Jackson, Jordan Reed, who is also questionable with that gnarly concussion. And then uh, Jags defense and Vikings defense in the 12th round. And I'm with Tyrell Williams here, who I have not picked in any other draft. I've not been talking about on the podcast. I'm not excited about per se. But again, when I'm looking at the draft, I'm looking at floor and upside at this point. I wanted to go Debo Samuel, but again, made a terrible judgment call. This this whole draft was full of bad judgment calls. Um, just in that I got sniped on a lot of my dudes. Uh, again, I don't know if it's because people are listening to the podcast that I'm discussing and this is that league uh, or just, you know, guys have the same mindset and they're fine of value. But I want to go Debo Samuel here, but I thought I could pass one more round because just in the ADPs we were going on, he was way down the list, but that did not happen. So, uh, dude, you're getting Odell is the team name, which I thought was so awesome. Um, but he uh, he scooped Debo um, right after me, so that was a, a nice pick there. But I went with Tyrell Williams here for a number of factors. First of all, I thought he was just the best overall receiver left um, with floor and upside. He wasn't super um, – efficient or effective in San Diego or San Diego. Wow. Um, Los Angeles with the chargers because um, you know, Keenan Allen and then Mike Williams came in and Tony Antonio Gates over the years. And uh, they've had other deep, deep uh, threats there. Um, and Melvin Gordon, they used so much out of the backfield as well as a receiver, but Tyrell Williams did have big games. He is able to catch that bomb. And I think he's going to be a great 
second fiddle to Antonio Brown. Of course, Antonio Brown's going to get the the hog share for sure. They're going to run the ball a lot in Oakland. I'm not even sure Derek Carr is going to be very efficient or that the Raiders are going to be very efficient throwing the ball, but they are going to be in negative game scripts, I think, quite a bit. Tyrell Williams is a, a really good receiver. Antonio Brown is at odds, to say the least, with the entire team, Mike Mayock and uh, John Gruden. Um, he just got fined a shit ton of money for his helmet thing and missing practices. Uh, so he basically put a grievance on Twitter and and was just kind of like calling out the team in public, which is ob- obviously a no-no. Um, but just fucking terrible vibes, man. Like for them to get rid of Antonio Brown, I think would be absolutely shocking. But I don't think it's crazy out of the question just because of the amount of drama and bullshit he's brought to that program. So if Antonio Brown's not Antonio Brown in the first three, four weeks, I don't know. I think a long shot, crazy call bold prediction would be that Antonio Brown is traded potentially in the second half of the season. Um, not predicting that per se. <laughs> don't worry about you know Antonio Brown in your drafts or anything, but I don't know. Just kind of a gut feeling that the vibes are not copacetic there. Therefore, long shot in the 12th round, I took a stab on Tyrell Williams. And if anything happens to Antonio Brown, injury or otherwise, Tyrell Williams, I think, could fall into a nice target share here. And uh, I think he is a good receiver. So I just took a took a stab at him, and we'll see what happens. Jared Goff after that, Jalen Richard, another Raider, and then Debo Samuel, as I mentioned. Justin Tucker comes off the board in the 12th round. That was a nice pick by Lucas as well. And... <clears throat> Um, a top kicker for sure. And I mentioned on a previous podcast, if you're playing kickers in defense, you might as well get one of the top guys. So Justin Tucker comes off, Adam Humphreys, Daria Gundalawe. Um, that is uh, Curly's pick and then Carlos Hyde. And then turning around uh, a couple quarterbacks back to back here, Russell Wilson, Mitch Trubisky, and then Chris Thompson, Naheem Hines, Gio Bernard, Tom Brady, and Marquise Brown. This is an interesting round because I was thinking about having Russell Wilson and Trubisky as my number two uh quarterback then they went off the board and i was like all right well i'll get some insurance for the running back position and i was going to go naheem hines and geo bernard um all four of those guys got picked in the seven picks before me so again had to just make a had to make a change and i maybe have reached for alexander madison here who is not going to play at all unless uh um, Dalvin Cook goes down, but Dalvin Cook is my starting running back. I obviously need to have his handcuff and his insurance. Um, so I went with Alexander Madison just to make sure to get him because I didn't want any wise guys in this league grabbing him just so that I didn't have him. So maybe a reach, but I'm looking around the landscape of the league, and I just felt like Alexander Madison was just as good um, of a backup as anybody else was actually going to give me value. So went with Madison here in the 13th round just as a, a strictly a, a handcuff grab here. And I mentioned I didn't want to just grab handcuffs to grab handcuffs. I want to make sure I believed in that offense and that running back individually. And I do. I believe in Madison. The Vikings love him. He's looked good in preseason. And the Vikings want to run the ball no matter who's the back. So if Dalva Cook does go down, that would absolutely suck. But I think Alexander Madison is going to jump right into that role. So I like it all the way around there just to have the insurance. Terry McLaurin went next. Jimmy G goes to Pelkey. Ito Smith and Greg Zerline comes off in the 13th round. Then we've got the Rams defense, Gus Edwards, Albert Wilson, and Will Lutz. So we've got all sorts of kickers. There's two more kickers in this round. So a lot of kickers are going off here three rounds before the end. Um, so either people are listening to my advice or they have the same idea there, but I, I, I like the idea. I wasn't going to pick a kicker in the 14th cause we've got 17 rounds, but I like the, uh, the idea in general in the 14th round here. This is another insurance play kind of long shot, you know, sit and wait Damian Harris, um, backup running back. 
Uh, some think maybe third or fourth string for the Patriots potentially, but rookie out of Alabama, um, picked up by the Patriots in the draft this year. This is one of the situations where if Sonny Michelle goes down, Damian Harris is definitely that dude. If James White goes down, Burkhead might get the first shot, but if anything happens to him and he's been hurt for this whole career, Damian Harris could even take up that role uh, quite a bit. Um, so I, I think Damian Harris is going to have a role regardless of what happens. And um, he could also, you know, supplant one of those guys potentially with the injuries. And uh, obviously, Sonny Michelle has the knee issues. So this is really just a pick where I might just sit and not use Damian Harris all season. But if he goes down, I want that New England back. So I've got James White. He's kind of a pseudo handcuff for James White. But I've also got Sonny Michelle's handcuff, which I like a lot because Sonny Michelle has had uh, his share of injuries there. So took a stab on um, late round running backs here, Alexander Madison and Damian Harris, both of my handcuffs. So I feel good about that. And obviously I love the Patriots offense in general, Ronald Jones, Butker, Darwin Thompson. Nice pick here. Uh, Cole Beasley, um, Kaimi Fairbairn, Darren Waller, and Trey Burton end out the 14th round. And then just three rounds left here in the 15th round, Ravens defense, Raquel Armstead, Eagles D, Chris Herndon. Um, nice pick. You got to sit on him, of course, but that was a nice pick coming up in the draft. TJ Hawkinson, Frank Gore, the legend, gets picked in the middle of the 15th round. I like that. And then Malcolm Brown gets picked right before me. Um, I went with the Browns defense here. Um, uh, I wanted to kind of go the Seahawks defense, um, but I just, instead of just streaming maybe one week, uh, I went with the Browns D here. I like them a lot in general. I've drafted them in a few, and um, I've mentioned multiple times. I just, I don't believe in the Titans offense. The Titans are playing the Browns uh, in Cleveland the first week of the season. I think the Browns are going to shut down the run, and they don't really have a passing game for uh, the Titans. So I think the Browns are going to be just fine here. And then um, Adrian Peterson uh, goes so to uh, potential Hall of Famers going here in the 15th round, uh, kind of gone but not forgotten with Frank Gore and Adrian Peterson. Then Jack Doyle, Funches, and Eric Ebron. So three Colts consecutively ending out the 15th round. And then the 16th round, we had Josh Allen, who I was actually going to pick as my backup quarterback, uh, but he got sniped. Um, and then it was just kicker and backup central here. So Matt Bryan. Uh, excuse me, Matt Bryant, who just got re-signed by the uh, Falcons. Goskowski, Jimmy Graham. I went with Robbie Gold. Um, I just got to have, um, you know, my Niners kicker. Also, a couple years ago, uh, Robbie Gold was the best player on the 49ers. So um, if they stall in the red zone, which they may this year, then Robbie Gold's the dude, and I think the, he'll have a great opportunity. A big leg. Uh, he's able to kick 40, 50 yarders, and uh, we do bonus scoring for kickers. So like Robbie Gold there. And then Jake Elliott. For the Eagles kicker, uh, Deshaun Hamilton, a nice pick here, um, late uh, with value. Then Dan Bailey, Cowboys defense, Phillip Rivers, Mike Badgley, and C.J. Anderson. And then in the last round, uh, we have Brett Maher, Seahawks defense, Chase Edmonds, Paul Richardson, Patriots defense, Jamal Williams, Chargers defense. And I went with Dallas Goddard here. Um, he's my dog anyway. I'm confident in, in him having overall value regardless of what happens to Zach Ertz, but I took Zach Ertz in the third round which I'm usually not excited about, but I've told everybody all summer, if you get Zach Ertz early, you best be getting Dallas Goddard just because if Zach Ertz goes down, Dallas Goddard is going to be Zach Ertz and then some, I think. So I got that tight end handcuff I've been talking about all summer worked out. I was able to get uh, Dallas Goddard in the last round, which I think is extreme value because he'll have value regardless. But if Zach Ertz goes down, 
um, I've got that uh, immediate handcuff, which is great. And then ending out the draft, a couple of Bills here. we got Zay Jones and then the Bills defense and then the Saints defense. And the last pick of the draft uh, was Randall Cobb. So I feel good about my team. Definitely, you know, was different uh, picking in the eighth spot, which I haven't done all summer. Um, but, you know, again, you just got to stay prepared for what comes your way. And I didn't know I was going to be the eighth pick until, you know, uh, an hour before the draft. Um, so it is what it is. And I think I did well with where I was at. But I look around the league and I'm pretty impressed with a handful of teams. Um, I'm not going to call anybody out because I also don't want to call out teams that I'm not impressed with because uh, that's not what this is about. But overall, I was really excited about the league in general. Um, again, everybody was attentive. We had a really good chat in the chat room, which is always fun. Um Everybody, you know, did really well with their picks. I mean, there was only a few picks the entire draft where I was like, hey, that's a reach, you know, or uh, why are you taking that guy? But um, honestly, most most guys were picking dudes in front of me, you know, kind of throwing me off my game, which is, you know, part of the draft. And so I applaud everybody for sticking through it and and uh, knocking it out. And I'm real, real excited and appreciative um, for this league. And thank you all for the support. And uh, I will be doing a week uh, weekly recap on the scores and the matchups and everything in the uh, listener league specifically. So stay, stay tuned to that. Absolutely. And and uh, participants, as I mentioned already, if you are individually open to coming on the podcast and talking about your team or the league in general, uh, please just DM me or shoot me an email and, and let's talk about getting you on the podcast. If you'd like to do that, obviously no obligation, but I think it'd be fun to have some new voices and opinions here on the podcast. So as long as you come correct, I'm more than happy to have uh, guests on the podcast and I would love to have some league participants uh, coming on. So I'm going to run through my team one more time and we will get out of here. My team in the eighth pick overall uh, for the 2019 TCK pod listener league, 17 rounds, a deep draft here, but everyone was, uh, was cruising the whole way through. So again, appreciation there. So my team from top to bottom in the first round, Devonte Adams, Second, Dalvin Cook. Third, Zach Ertz. Fourth, James White. Fifth, Josh Gordon. Uh, go Patriots. I'm going to need some work there. Uh, fifth, um, Josh Gordon. Sixth, Matt Breida. Seventh, Sammy Watkins. Eighth, Marvin Jones. Ninth, uh, Michael Gallup. Tenth, Dak Prescott. Eleventh, Kiki QT. Twelve, Tyrell Williams. Thirteen, Alexander Madison. Fourteen, Damian Harris. 15 Browns defense, 16 Robbie Gold, and 17 Dallas Goddard. So I'm littered with my handcuffs. I've got Dallas, uh, or excuse me, uh, Dalvin Cook's handcuff, James White's handcuff, and Zach Ertz's handcuff. Because if those guys go down, I want the next man up in those particular positions and offenses. So I feel good about my draft. Um, not the best draft I've had all summer, but it's going to have to work. And um, I'm excited to get this league going. So, uh, Happy NFL kickoff Eve. I'm excited for the Bears and the um, Packers, and we are going to get rolling, man. We are here to the season. Enjoy the game, and thank you again so much for participating in the 2019 Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast Draft, and make sure you follow the draft um, on Instagram and Twitter at hashtag TCKPodLL. That's TCKPodLL. Good luck, everybody.
that'll do it for this episode. Thanks again to all of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast Listener League participants. This is going to be a blast. I'm real excited. I appreciate y'all being attentive and being in and chatting uh, in the chat room there. It was a lot of fun, and I wish you all the best of luck. It's going to be a good time. Be sure to email us at tckpod at gmail.com or shoot us a DM on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod. You can also find us on Twitter at tck underscore pod or on Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. And one more reminder to please visit our brand new website, tckpod.com. And if you've gained any value from this episode, please leave a rate and review on the podcast and give us a like and a follow on the social medias. It really does matter for us and it helps us out quite a bit to get the word out and uh, spread the love. So we appreciate the support there. Make the most of the rest of your day and we'll catch you next time on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Scott Guasco and I am out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.